0: You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. we're known for the amazing light displays of the aurora borealis we're also home to part of the massive boreal forest considered canada's largest intact forest on earth well we can now add to the list the borealis music festival which made an impressive debut in prince albert in 2015 i'm kevin power You've heard the expression, go big or go home, right? Well, that's exactly what the city of Prince Albert did. They went big. And when folks went home after the three-day event, I'm willing to bet many of them were already marking their calendars for next year's festival. This is the first podcast in a two-part series recorded on the grounds of the festival. I'll be talking with Jane Remenda, Prince Albert's Economic Development Manager, Abraham Lancaster, who I've decided to call the festival superhero who made this festival fly, and two of the many tireless volunteers without whom this festival would not have run so smoothly. And when you're done listening to this episode, don't forget to head over to episode 55, where I pick up the conversation with several of the festival's performers. Well, now, here I am... At the first Borealis Festival in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And with me is my first guest, who is probably a pretty good first guest to have because you're largely responsible for dreaming this baby up. And you would be...
1: I'm Jane Ramenda.
0: Jane, so you're working, you're the economic developer for the city of Prince Albert?
1: That's correct. Yeah, just recently in that position, I did come from tourism, and that's where this whole concept was originally birthed.
0: Right. So tell me, what did you have a dream one night? And you dreamt there was a festival in Kinsman Park and... Priya, yeah, or how did it happen?
1: You know, I, I, this morning I was trying to think how it was originally conceived, and I think it was um, just discussions with folks involved with tourism, talking about wanting to do something large, big enough that would attract visitors from outside the community, and we bounced around a few ideas, and um, I suggested possibly a music festival, and it took about two years to do the research and write the business pa- plan and prepare for it, and really an amazing team of folks, paid and unpaid, uh, that have made this whole dream come to fruition.
0: Had there been a music festival here before?
1: Not of this magnitude, for sure. And and you know, little known fact, we have some of the province's best performers come out of this community, and um, we sort of birth them here and launch them off into bigger and better. And then we don't really take ownership of them, and so uh, we're really hoping that uh, we'll bring a little shed a little light to the fact that we have great artists that come right out of here as well as it's a great community to come and visit and perform at because we're super at hospitality um some amazing recording studios here that a lot of performers like to come because of the solitude and uh, the proximity to the lakeland and so yeah music arts are our thing
0: (laughs) right so what's been the biggest challenge? I mean, I figure people are listening who think, I think we need a music festival in our town. What is? What would you say is the biggest challenge in trying to launch something like this?
1: You know, I think for the most part, everything went really smoothly because it was planned really well and we again, we had super good people in place. Honestly, the biggest challenge was getting um, early buy-in and understanding for how big we intended this to be. And then when people started to realize how big we wanted to go, not a whole lot of faith that we could pull it off. Um, so this last week has been very surreal to see it come together and, and prove to the community that, that we can do this with a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, a lot of support, and it can be done.
0: So originally it was not the Borealis Festival. You would sort of tossed around the idea of, uh, of some kind of a folk festival the name.
1: Very original Um concept was um, a blues festival, and we were looking at like wild blues berry as a theme, kind of picking up on the blueberries that we grow in this area, and looking at having blueberry and wild rice, local food, and sticking to the blues stream. Then we, we um, came in contact with a lot of folks that have had a lot of experience with this, and certainly um, the people in Saskatoon with the Jazz Fest and that yeah. sort of stuff, and we were really encouraged not to tie ourselves to one specific genre. So through the research, we looked at maybe what wasn't happening in the vicinity like within the neighboring provinces also right. and we really decided we wanted to go eclectic international little bit of everything something that would uh, appeal to a broad audience and we also really wanted to avoid kind of the top 40 very popular music and wanted to find up-and-coming artists that were just starting to tour and give them that additional boost.
0: So Borealis after the Boreal Forest or the Aurora Borealis or both? You,
1: you know, we we hired Old lake out of Saskatoon uh-huh. to help us with the branding and, uh, they clearly understood that we wanted this festival to not only be about the music festival, but about rebranding our community. And so we talked about the, the fact that we're sitting on the largest, the world's largest deposit of diamond-bearing kimberlite, uh, which is a little-known fact, but it's huge. Wow. Um, and then the forest and things that are common to us. And that's where they came up with, you know, the the northern lights are are um, fantastic and very visible from here. The diamonds and then the. Um, the a real forest and so they came together with the whole concept of sort of the gem-shaped trees and and the borealis so that's kind of how it took off
0: how many local bands did you decide to go with
1: good question so there's there's 15 touring headlining acts that aren't um local per se, as in Prince Albert, although some of the performers did originate here, um, but there are local Saskatchewan and regional performers on the main stage. Uh, Dead South, for example, you know, amazing Saskatchewan band from Regina. Uh, the free stage is mainly local and regional, and so if we have probably half and half, I think there's 15 main stage and around 15 on the, on the free stage.
0: Your headliners are coming from as far away as Ireland. Ireland, So did they hear about you or did you hear about them?
1: I think we heard about them. Um, Again, we didn't go through a booking agent to book the festival. We strategically chose artists that we felt um, were going to give us that eclectic feel. And again, we wanted to go very international, whether it was actually uh, physically bands coming from other countries or whether we were looking at a very culturally diverse Uh, Performance, So we wanted, we were looking at some French Acadian type music at one point and and obviously First Nations performers. And um, I really think one of our coordinator and one of our staff and a couple of committee members were really big fans of I Draw Slow. And so we we listened to them and we thought, yeah, if we can get them to come, that would be amazing.
0: And they were quite willing?
1: They were really, in fact, out of all of the challenges with booking, they were one of the, the... quickest to respond and commit so we were Did
0: they say, where's where's the Saskatchewan?
1: I think they might have I, I didn't have that conversation, Abe would have okay, but I'm, I'm thinking they might have had to go search on a map to see where we were at
0: Speaking of Abe, how key has he been um, to helping you out with all of this?
1: Uh, helping? He, I mean, he has been the festival uh, I may have come up with the idea and done some of the background but if it wasn't for that young man this would not have happened He's really... Wow. He's, he's really put his all in it, uh, took a lot of risks as a young man, definitely um, mature above, beyond his years.
0: He probably won't tell me. What would you say is one of the risks that he would have taken?
1: Um, you know, just to take on this position as a paid position knowing that um, it could be temporary its main sponsorship might not have come through and he may have put in three or four months effort and then been without a job Um, I think there was at a point is any event organizer knows where you're it's kind of that sink or swim and you need to make that call are we going to continue or not we definitely went through a couple of those hurdles and he indicated he was here for the long haul paid or not he was sticking it through to the end so um and he's been here i, I you know yeah <laughs> 24 hours a day
0: yeah i'm looking for his tent because yeah. i figure he probably just yeah. camped out here yeah. your advertising budget has been hugely impressive um, just from being in Saskatoon, it's on media constantly.
1: Well, we knew um, this being new, and and we understood, and, and we were criticized a bit for jumping too far ahead and needing to grow it at a grassroots level, but uh, we knew that if we wanted this to be at the level we needed it to be, we needed to get the word out um, far uh farther reaching than just within the, the, our regular catchment area. So we did spend quite a bit of money out, on advertising out of market um, in hopes that we would attract folks from Regina, Saskatoon, northern Alberta. And we have a, a large um, demographic of people that live here and work in the Fort Mac area and travel back and forth, so we hope to, to kind of catch on that. And then the, the August long weekend typically... Us as a community, we don't do anything because we assume everybody's going to the lake. So we looked at the lake population tripling in size on this weekend, and realizing that that was a market that we could could draw from and, and call people back to the city. Hence the busing, which was Abe's idea to mm-hmm. provide very Yeah, the busing is busing. from
0: from campsites and in-
1: yeah, from uh, for for the major um, bars in in. The Lakeland area. Nice. And then we'll have those patrons back to those venues for their last um, set if they have live performers too. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Actually, my son's performing up at Christopher Lake this weekend, and I feel a little guilty because I have a bus going oh. to his venue bringing people here, but I promised him we'll take them all back for his last set. So, Okay.
0: All right. Um, any uh, um, shout-outs you want to give to people who have been major financial sponsors to this endeavor? Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, and anybody that um, knows Prince Albert knows Malcolm Jenkins. And another just... Not just the financial support, but that man has gone above and beyond with um, promoting the event and supporting it and encouraging us and encouraging the community that this is something that needs to happen. And, of course, another phenomenal business person in the community, Gord Broda, who doesn't want a whole lot of credit, but he did back us financially and emotionally and um, just... And th- those are just two off the top of my head, but yeah.
0: Well, I hope I run into you sort of throughout the weekend because I'd like to find out um, how you're feeling as the festival goes. I, I expect your energy level is going to just skyrocket with just the enthusiasm yes. of finally seeing it come to life.
1: And then sleep for a week.
0: And then sleep for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to see you again.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Hey, Lancaster, how the hell is it going? Are you holding up? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing good. Feels good. So let's back up a little bit because I know your story. But um, how did you get wrangled into this beast, which is now the first ever Borealis Festival? Well, that's a that's a really good question.
2: <sighs> I guess I I heard about this, this event amongst people in, in town here and immediately got excited that there was even talk of a music festival initially, initially to be a blues festival um, so you know I was really excited about that as a, as a musician myself uh, in the community I'm very active as a, as a musician in the community. And, uh, you know, I, it had been my intention to get involved as soon as I had heard about it, right? And, I, in fact, my band was playing at the casino here that night, and Jane Remenda, who was the CEO of Tourism at the time, who's, who had the brainchild of this whole thing, she was at our show, and she's the one who told me, said, keep it on the under wraps that... We're organizing a major music festival. Nothing nothing small like PA is used to. We're going big or we're going home basically. And so that was that was the first I had heard about this music festival. And um So a few months had gone by and at that time I had been I had just recently started Uh, A promotions company called Abro Promotions, and so what I was doing was working with relatively unknown uh, bands in Prince Albert and area that with on creative development bookings, um, management, social media information, all that kind of stuff. Just with the with the intent to try and give performers in this area a lift up, uh, a leg up in their in their success level, right? And because there there's nothing like that. There's no record labels up here. There's no booking agencies. There's no, you know, management or touring companies and stuff like that. So there's a real lack of direction. I saw that there was a real lack of direction in the arts um, or the musician and band category of culture in this community. And so I, I went and put together... Uh, a company again called Bro Promotions and just started working with some bands doing just that and I did that for about 8 months
0: Um, and your wisdom was all based on your experience with your own band yeah with as
2: as being an independent group as as in our own right um, Almighty Voice has generated um, some pretty um satisfactory success right for us as in, as musicians and uh, I felt that we that I could just share that share the the formula that we had put together for being a band that's is, if i may say somewhat isolated from the rest of the mainstream uh canadian circuit similar to somewhere like like brandon manitoba or you know fort mcmurray or stuff like that the places that are big enough to be able to do these kinds of things but maybe just aren't doing it right and um so I just wanted to share what worked for us with other bands. And obviously these people are some friends that, uh, as a tight knit musical community, I think everybody, lots of people know each other, right? Pretty much everybody knows, um, who's who. And, uh, so in doing that, it didn't make me very much money, but it made me really, it, it made me happy to know that I was doing this by means of, being being involved in the music industry um as a musician my goal is not to make millions and millions of dollars and garner just tons of fame
0: that's good
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's simply to be happy and to be healthy and to be able to say you know that i that my life is that i make a living in the in the music industry, whether that means playing or booking or mm-hmm. any any kind of aspect of that, so that's been my my motto from day one in being in being involved in music. Um, so when when the idea came up about this music festival, um, I kinda, I obviously, like I said, wanted to get involved right off the hop. They could, I, I would have done it regardless I, w- I would have just done exactly what they asked me to do and but in fact what they what they asked me to do was to apply for the event coordinator position for the for for the festival so uh, Jane had put together a business plan and a budget and had chosen a, a venue and a, a rough sketched in idea of what the artist should look like and and um, So I talked with her a little bit and kind of thought about it for a little while to see, you know, it's a huge undertaking. Um, At 22 years old, I was 21 at the time, I wasn't sure if I was ready to take this on, and I hadn't had any huge success with any artists or anything like that, right? I hadn't had any of the bands that I was doing bookings for making, you know, tons of money or anything like that or... And so, I, I was a little bit hesitant at first, um, but after talking to a few people about it, I could see like the excitement in people in people's faces when I said, "You know what? This is happening. This, that we're they're going to do a music festival in PA." And the response was just, you know, electric. Really, um, from friends and family, and to just regular people um, that that I'd never met before. I would hear them just rumours, basically, of a music festival. And I just thought that that was was crazy. Once I got a a good idea of... Once I saw the vision, I guess, of what Jane was seeing, once I understood the opportunity uh, of having it on the long weekend, how it fits perfectly into the festival circuit within Saskatchewan, um, as being, you know, they have... um, The jazz festival in Saskatoon, they have Ness Creek, then they have Gateway, then there's a long weekend in the middle, and Mm. then there's Regina Folk Festival. So Mm. what what a better place to put a music festival than on a long weekend when everybody's traveling right up to the lake they're driving right past the festival you know what a better opportunity than to put it there and make it available to them not with the expectation that everybody goes but that it's available and it enriches that that culture and that community it enriches our community by means of arts and culture and tourism right Yeah. Um, so I mean it's a really a win win I could see that it was a win win situation regardless of um, success or failure Um, for, for the community, um, because the response had been that there's a dire need for it, right? Um, that we have, we've had nothing like that. So I think that, that really just kind of tipped the scales for me that, and I, and I needed to make money. So, right. So they hired you. So they hired me.
0: Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link on the sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called sascapes plus you can't miss it there's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it i'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going Okay, now you're only human. You're only flesh and blood. At what point in the first few weeks did you say, "OMG, what have I gotten myself into?" I I don't think I had a, a an an oh my gosh moment until
2: um, until I started realizing how difficult it was going to be to solidify our sponsorship end of things i knew it was going to be it would be we would be all right in the artist department because there are there's such a plethora of artists that are constantly touring throughout the summer and it's just a matter of figuring out the routing options Mm -hmm. that that to me was easy to wrap my brain around what was really hard for me to wrap my brain around was a uh, a a lack of response from the corporations that we solicited for sponsorship because obviously um, this stuff doesn't happen um, without finances rolling through, right? right? And I mean, to make it of a desired quality, uh, to, to fit within the mandate of tourism, of drawing people from outside markets... It really has to be of a of a large enough scale and quality to attract those people, right? Um, so, and that's not cheap. So, when we started, when I started looking into corporate sponsorship, I put together a, a huge list of 300, 300 major corporations, mm. um, most of those in Saskatchewan, that. You know would benefit from having some community investment and uh, in turn receiving some recognition right uh, and in the first first four or five months i had received probably close to 200 declines and that was a that was a big eye opener for me that said okay this isn't going to be as easy as it sounds it's easier said than done for sure and um As one person at that time, that's kind of when I started to think, okay, maybe I need to start getting a committee together, um, a volunteer committee, finding those people that I have that I've made those connections with already and get them excited, get them riled up about doing this and help them see the value in doing this for the community and doing and, and helping them see the benefit, the long term vision of what this does for for them as people but also the the bigger scale of community and province and all that kind of stuff enrichment um, so that was a big that was a big omg moment for me, was was realizing that the finances were not going to be as easy to attain as we had forethought for i
0: guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah cuz you had to convince people of the to see the same vision right absolutely and it when when it hasn't happened Right, it's hard to convince people. Right. I
2: mean, people want to know how many people we're going to have.
0: Yeah, and at can. that
2: point, I can't say that. I yeah. I have no idea. I can tell them how many people we can fit in here. Yeah, um, and I know that number, but that's not that doesn't equate to how many people we actually get through the gates. Yeah, and uh, so so that was a major major hurdle. Um, we all we went along with a lot with a for quite a while running on um, basically the, the funding of five sponsors that wasn't, uh, that, that we were totally grateful for at the time, because I mean, we would have given up long ago if they had not mm-hmm. contributed at that point. Um, but it was really difficult to run it on bare bones and continue moving forward, knowing that there was the potential for it to, to fall apart. You know, if, if we didn't get any more money, then we have to pay back our sponsors, and you know we we run under the the tour the umbrella of tourism as a not for profit organization, right? So we want we we wanted it to be successful, but we didn't want to bankrupt the organization at the same time, right? So I don't know. That's kind of when that's kind of when the committee came in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you've been in the planning stage of this for how long from the time you signed on until yesterday
2: yeah. what's the time frame i think that's 10 months 10, 10 or 11 months okay of planning okay yeah
0: so how was yesterday the launch yesterday for you i mean i'm watching you just like a whirling dervish around these grounds, and your phone is ringing every five seconds. And if it's not your phone, it's your walkie-talkie. And you're just—you are needed more than my brain can get wrap itself around. Do you just want to scream sometimes? I mean, everybody's calling Abe for something. Ask Abe. Ask Abe. Ask Abe. Yeah. I mean, I find it. So, I've I heard it
2: last night. Somebody said, "Great festival, Abe." And it's not me. It's, it's, I, I have a hard time taking taking credit for this because of the amount of effort and people that it, that are involved in getting it off the ground. And um, I mean, there's no ego involved in it. Right. There's, there's no ego involved in it at all. So I have a hard time to to take you know full responsibility or credit for it because i think it needs to be shared amongst everybody so what i feel is that i'm just doing my part i'm doing my part which i i'll say is is a very fundamental part but i think that it's because i i care so much about this Mm -hmm. and uh I mean ego aside i feel that it's it's not important for for me on a personal level mm-hmm. for this to go off but for
0: uh, yeah but it looks great on the resume
2: yeah absolutely unless it unless it fails you know
0: <laughs> well what's the feedback so far what are you hearing from people who are attending and people who are hearing about it just now, although I don't know what rock they were living under, if they're only hearing about it now, because your advertising campaign's been off the charts, crazy, yeah, just really good. I think I think the response is being
2: from from the people that were here last night. Obviously, everybody uh, has a critique on improvements, um, but I don't take those as negative things. I think I take those as positive spins on a on an improvement to make. Um, so, apart from improvements to the festival, there hasn't been too many, there hasn't been any negative feedback from any of the attendees. I think the whole idea of making this go over successfully, in my eyes, is making sure that our patrons, our volunteers, our vendors, and our artists are all enjoying themselves. And there's, there, the, the motto of my weekend is that there's no issue that we can't overcome. There's nothing that we can't overcome at this point. There's no problem too big that we can't solve and, and get over. And, and so for me, that's how, that's how I just keep a level head. I, I mean, it, it's, it's high stress, but if, if I let myself get unraveled, it'll it'll poison everybody around me and make my life, in turn, make my life more difficult, right? Right. So I see that and, I mean, kind of just taking it one day at a time and realizing that we are not, the first year is not going to be perfect, Mm. but it's damn good.
0: It's hugely impressive for a first year. I mean you could have just done small scale and done a stage the size of the free stage and made that your main stage and and said there next week next year we'll grow a little bit more. But you've you've just bitten off the whole enchilada right off the top. Yeah. I think that that I don't think people
2: understood what we were doing until they saw what it was?
0: Yeah, it'd be fun to see what corporate sponsors you could get now. That's now ex- that you can see the vision, that's right? Exactly it. Right. So That's
2: precisely what it is. Is that? I mean, first of all, to fit within the the, the mandate of tourism, and to make it that we could do something small. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's mm-hmm. really easy. Mm-hmm. You can rile. You could rile up two hundred people for a for a show at the amphitheater. No problem. Um, but our people? To, to, because it falls under the branch of tourism, does it, is it drawing people from Calgary, Edmonton, Regina, Saskatoon, Winnipeg? Those are the people that we want to come here and experience this, as well the community, obviously. Uh, the, 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 the impact on the community is um, beyond measure, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that the scale that it's at, is, it sets the bar. It sets the bar for everything else, future years.
0: It's too hard to tell numbers right now, but what's your what's your sense, just sort of taking a, a bird's-eye look at the number of people on the ground here? Well, I think last night we were somewhere between
2: 300 and 500 people okay. uh, throughout the night. Um, you know, I, our ticket sales to that point were at less than 80 ticket sales the, the night before the night before really? this festival, we had eighty pre-sold tickets. And the week before, mm-hmm. we were in a scramble because in order to like this was happening regardless. Mm-hmm. This is going, this is going forward. Uh, two weeks ago I sat down and I said this is moving forward. This is where we're at with ticket sales. Finances aside, how do we the the main game of this weekend is making sure all those people are happy, right? Mm-hmm. How do we make those people happy? the artist, it's making sure they have an audience, mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
2: and so we we put out put together a package of um, you know different corporate sponsor packages for day passes just to get bums and seats, yeah, just to get bums and seats. And uh, so yesterday, I'm not I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but we tripled our ticket sales yesterday mm. alone. At the event, before, like we we had sold three times as many tickets than we had sold the day before the event, and that to me is just it's it's mind boggling. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. it is. And we had people lining up at the gate at four thirty, waiting waiting with their launcher, expecting to have to fight for a seat, which to me is just. I have the utmost gratitude for those yeah, people right. because those are the people that really make this happen. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, that's going to translate into night, too, because word of mouth is going to get around that Oh, man. Yeah. And the sound check that these guys had, it sounded yeah. great. I mean, you uh, people are crazy to miss out on this if for no other reason than the lineup. I mean, that's a hugely ambitious lineup that, that, um, that you've taken on. And has it been relatively easy booking all these guys and dealing with them? I mean, there's... There's artists you've, you're, and they're all coming for a first time out festival. Have you had to tell people to check their egos at the door or has all been pretty positive?
2: Well, I think that we want to be as hospitable as possible mm-hmm. to them and really cater to them. So um, on, on a performer level, yeah, for sure. The, the performers have been super accommodating um, with with everything knowing that it's a first year festival festival and still having the faith in it to, to proceed and, mm-hmm. and, you know, commit to it. Um, especially at the caliber that some of the bands are at is really, uh, I think it's a good reflection mm-hmm. of, of the music scene in Canada for sure that they, they trust each other, that they support each other yeah. across the country, coast to coast kind of thing. Cause yeah. that's what we have. We have bands from, from as far as Halifax and, uh, east and as far west as vancouver so i mean
0: well and and, then there's there's ireland and then then there's (laughs) ireland all
2: in its own little island right slightly east of here just across the pond yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so here's the most important question of all this comes down sunday evening at what 11 11? okay where are you at 9 a.m on monday morning 9 a.m. I'm here. I'm here picking up garbage.
2: How are you? I'm here picking up garbage, solidifying that everything is good at the venue.
0: Um, And then then at what point, once all the pennies are counted and the last pieces of paper get filed, at what point do you kind of turn your brain off and go do something for yourself? Well, although this is something Um, for yourself,
2: yeah, I, I mean, I haven't planned to. I haven't planned to stop. I have a, I have a feeling. I'm. This doesn't stop for me for a couple weeks after the event, right? Um, You know, calculating all the numbers and, and filing all the papers and. Making sure that everything is settled up, um, then I'll probably take a little bit of a break and and just play some music for myself. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, that's,
2: that's I play drums and. A band that's playing... Almighty work- Voice? I, that, I play upright bass for Almighty Voice, right. who's doing an after-party on Sunday, and I play drums in a band called Rose that's on the workshop stage on Sunday okay. afternoon. No, Almighty Voice was a was a warrior from the One Arrow First Nation um, by Duck Lake. Oh. Oh, yeah. And he was gonna. he was going to be married to um a woman and he stole stole a cow from um, from the area and the northwest mounted police chased after him for and he developed a, a militia of people and they they chased him for an extensive period of time and eventually cornered him in a in a bluff and brought up cannons from regina Blasted him out of the bush with cannons, and uh, the the story that I heard is that he was running low on bullets, and they were firing can they were firing cannons into the bush, and they hadn't. Uh, he wanted to let they started moving in, and he wanted to let them know that he was still alive, and so he shot a crow out of the sky just to let them know. You know I running low on bullets but I'm not giving up yet and so as almighty voice goes that's kind of our morale is you know never give up and wow. know, always always strive for what you believe in and continue
0: doing what you believe in yeah. that's a cool story yeah that's very cool yeah. well hats off to the entire committee that's put this together it's extremely impressive totally And you'll have a second year. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. I know it. I hope so. And I hope you're not totally fried so that they can bring you back. Yeah. I already know you're thinking about who you're going to book next year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's all about the vision. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Did you know that all episodes of Sascapes can be downloaded or streamed for free? You can find us in the iTunes Store, on Stitcher Radio, and at iHeartCulture.ca. And I'm so excited to announce that Sascapes now has its own app for both Apple and Android devices. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and have Sascapes at your fingertips with just one easy tap. Remember, we love hearing from you with your feedback in the review section. And now, back to the podcast. Okay, so I'm in a very important place right now. I'm in the hospitality suite, otherwise a very fancy-schmancy trailer. Um, this is backstage, so this place is going to be hopping in about two hours from now. And I have a couple of volunteers with me who are holding down the fort, and they're going to be here the whole weekend, and I expect they're fairly key players <laughs> in the hospitality part of things. And my first guest is...
3: Tracy Fair.
0: And Tracy... This is the first festival, so this is your first time volunteering for the festival.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: But is this your first time volunteering for an activity of this size in Prince Albert?
3: Of this size, absolutely. We don't see this. This doesn't happen in PA up to this point, so yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: How's the feeling um, for the local PA resident on the street, um, the vibe around this festival?
3: So it really depends on who you're speaking with. Some people are really excited, as excited as in our house we are, just vibrating. Um, but this is our, this is really our thing. Other people are uncertain about, you know, how it's going to go. Is it, you know, going to make enough money? Did it? Is it the right fit for us? It's just uncertain. So depending on who you are and what your interest levels are, um, depend determines, you know, the feeling people are giving you.
0: When did you start? your role as volunteer so
3: we're just i'm just getting into it um i volunteered for the for this or for the festival put my name in said you know i'd be happy to do that but only in the last couple of weeks have i received any information so i'm really 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 green to the team
4: yeah
0: and basically your role as hospitality is going to be looking after the artists.
3: yes that's what i understand
0: (laughs) expect any divas
3: uh, yeah, kinda. I guess we'll see. I am um, Abe today said. Well, if the, if it gets ridiculous, I said like asking for red M and M's. He said, Yeah, we're not supplying red M and M's. I think that's on a some big band did that to make sure that they could yes, get all the details right. done. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's
0: all about the riders. It's all
3: about the riders. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um,
0: yeah, okay, when you are not volunteering for first time at music festivals what do you do in in, uh, Prince Albert
3: like in my real life
0: yeah in your real life in
3: my real life I own a small company called Fair Financial so I'm a financial planner a financial advisor Um, and I have daughters and so I'm a mom and I have a husband who works hard and so I'm a wife and I volunteer in our community for other things sit on boards Just the regular life stuff.
0: So as a financial advisor, do you have any um, sort of thoughts or have you been privy to any of the information about how financially this has come together? Or do you have any thoughts about financially, how financially viable a festival of this scale can be for for a town on the whole?
3: Yeah, so... There are lots of um, smaller communities than us who hold great big festivals, and I'm sure that they wouldn't be in their, you know, twentieth, thirtieth year if they weren't financially viable. Um, all great nonprofits like this and events like this. It takes some time to get them going. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not making money this year. I don't know that, right. but it wouldn't surprise me because it, it takes some time to get going. And you know that going into something, that if we get even close to breaking even, in my past life I ran f- um, fundraising events, not on this scale by a long shot, uh-huh. but, you know, the first year, yeah, if you could get some people to come and then get people to talk about it, it's going it's to do it. It's what it's going to do this year, but it's going to do way more next year and way make up for it. Right. And when we're in our, you know, our 15th year and our 10th year and we're making money, yeah, then that's, hopefully won't take that long, of course. But I mean, you know, word gets around and already the hotels are full. So people are coming yeah, and, and things are happening. So, yeah, I think PA is absolutely in the right position to be able to do this. We are just at our, we're at our next phase. We, we, um, we're a small community, but we're ready to get big. We're ready to grow. And I think this is the beginning.
0: Why is volunteerism so important to you? You seem to really latch on to it.
3: Yeah, I do. Because um, volunteering and being a part of a community makes that community. So without PA is, is notorious for being a great supporting community. We get behind stuff, we raise tons of money, we build great big facilities. We we're, That's what we do. And so I think that it's people who want to make their community better and and spend their time and energy and their money giving to their community to make it better that's what it's all about places don't grow without that group of people who is absolutely committed to saying yeah it's not yeah i don't get i don't get the feel goods and all that stuff but that's it and then we get to reap the benefits of having this community that's vibrant and active and supportive of the arts and You know, bring people in and people talk about PA is this great place to have an arts festival and how wonderful that's going to be.
0: Are you originally from PA?
3: I am. I grew up here and then moved to Alberta in the, you know, the 80s scoop. (laughs) When we all moved to Alberta, we all had to go because there wasn't enough jobs. And uh, so spent 10 years-ish there doing education and university and stuff. And then we came back. We chose to come back in the 90s. Yeah.
0: And happy to be back.
3: You know, at the time, I wasn't. At the time, it wasn't what I had anticipated doing. Um, And it was a bit of a pill to swallow. And then, you know, then you you make friends and you have a community and you have some kids and grandparents live here. And then you get good jobs and you buy a house and you've got this great community that you think, well, now I don't want to go anywhere. So we came back here because there was a job and we stayed because we liked it. And so now we've been here for more than 20 years um, back by choice. And, you know, are glad we're back. And I'm really excited to see this new phase happen for PA.
4: Because
3: this couldn't have happened 20 years ago. It couldn't have. We didn't have the support. We didn't have the community-based. We didn't have, we just didn't have the the mindset to be able to pull it off. And now we've got some really great people in the right positions. And they're all over it. And we can do it.
0: Did you know Abraham before you started this?
3: Only as a member of um, the GOATS, I think. And maybe he was in Almighty Voice. And I would I did not know him personally. I've only seen him on the stage performing with his bass because he's so awesome to watch. Okay. And when they said that he was the guy, I thought, well, of course he's the guy. <laughs> Who else would it be? Yeah.
0: But you haven't had much of a chance to work with him yet, no. huh?
3: No, I haven't. I don't didn't doubt him for a second. I knew he was the right guy. Yeah who else would it be?
0: Right on. Well, I'm going to be back here often, so I'm going to check in with okay. you as things continue <laughs> to see how, if your eyes are still as bright as they are now, <laughs> and if you've become jaded by any diva yeah. artist. That
3: or starstruck. I'm not sure
0: which one it's going to be. Yeah, or starstruck. <laughs> yeah. So start collecting stories for me of stuff that's happened backstage. Okay. And now, over here, also part of the hospitality is...
4: Janet Lawsett.
0: When did you come on board?
4: Um, just in the last three weeks, actually, okay. yep, um just just signed on as a volunteer and uh applied for a few different places and then uh, Abraham, I know Abraham, so I think he just decided that i could I would do well here. so here I am in hospitality, and i will see.
0: <laughs> you originally from p a as well uh,
4: n- n- grew up in England, oh. um but we've been I've been in p a for Oh, almost 30 years now. So.
0: Have you done volunteer work for other organizations in PA
4: before? Um, off and on, different, just different small things. Like So at the hospital, I've, I volunteered at the hospital several years ago. Uh, and just, yeah, various little things, lots of things in school, with my children being in school or when they okay. were in school. My daughter is on the organizing committee and she's in charge of vendors and uh, things. So I've been helping her a little bit with that, but, right. but just gearing up for being here for the weekend.
0: What are you most looking forward to?
4: I, you know, listening to the music. Just, just being outside. There is nothing like an outside music festival. Um, music sounds so much different, you know, more different when it's outside. And, and I just love the atmosphere that, that outdoor music festivals give. And for a size of the size that this festival is looking shaping up to be, um, and in Prince Albert, it's, it's a big thing. This is big, and so I'm I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: Are you manning this place like the whole festival? Or are they going to give you any time There's away?
4: There's two different shifts. Okay. So we're today we're on this first shift now, and then there'll be an evening shift, and then tomorrow there'll be the same sh- the same shifts every day, okay. basically a two to 6.30 or something shift and then a, and then at 6.30 to the end 9, 11 11.30 morning. Yeah
0: I expect there'll be champagne back here by Sunday evening
4: I have no oh, idea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Not for the artist for you guys You mentioned that you knew Abraham already How did mm-hmm. you know him? Oh um, you mentioned how you did My yeah.
4: daughter went to school with him Oh okay Yeah and um, we have four children and they're all they're all in music in one way or another and so they've Sort of grown up, you know, in and around um, the music scene, and and even if it's just with, you know, Abraham would come over to the house and they would jam together. Or,
0: so, do you think he's the right candidate to be with? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What? What gives him that quality? He
4: has Abraham has a heart for local music and local artists for sure, but local keeping keeping um, keeping local local. You know, he he's always believed that. You don't need to go away, you don't need to go afar in order to do the thing that you really love to do. You can do it here, and I think this is, I mean, yes, we're having other artists coming in to visit, but this is testimony, I think, to what he actually really believes deep down, that it is important to keep, to keep um, giving, in, giving back to your city and giving back to community, and I think he's, he's just perfect for this job.
0: Right on. Well, we'll talk to you again over the weekend.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks.
0: Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created and hosted by Kevin Power for Sas Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lottery's Trust Fund for Sport, Culture and Recreation. For more information, visit iheartculture.ca and sasculture.ca. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There's no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...